return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Tonight, uh, we're glad you're here. It's been a good week. It's been a good day at the Tabernacle. Good prayer times. God's working. And uh, amen, amen. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Isaac, so glad you're here, you know, and your wonderful family. God bless you, Isaac Tafour. Uh, come on, Isaac. He's uh, from Ghana, loves Jesus, Ph.D. student here. God has blessed him. So let's welcome Isaac, all right, as he comes Amen. 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 Shall we bow ahead for a word of prayer? We give you glory. We give you honor, most high God. We thank you for tonight, O oh God. We thank you for heavens that have been opened upon our lives. We give you glory that our lives will not be the same again. We commit our hearts to you, O God, and we pray that bless us through your word. And let us live here victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I give glory to God for tonight, for my life, for my family, and for your lives too. And and God bless you, Pastor Dave, and, and the pastors of Tabernacle for this great opportunity and privilege to share the word of God. Okay, so um, this tonight we'll be talking about the master needs you. Amen. The master needs you. And our scripture is taken from Luke chapter 19, verse 28 to 34. After saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. When he got near Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olives, he sent off two of the disciples with instructions. Go to the village across from you. As, as soon as you enter, you find a colt, tethered, one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says anything, if anyone says anything, asks, "What are you doing?" Say, "His master needs him." Okay. So the two left and found it just as he said. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said, "What are you doing untying the colt?" They said, his master needs you. Amen. Amen. So tonight the message is, the master needs you. And we are talking about no other master than Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I was really contemplating on the message for tonight, and I was praying to God to give me a word. And on Sunday, Sunday morning when we came to church, when I was giving the church's bulletin or the brochure, by allow, you know, and I just flipped through the pages. I was so praying, what does God want me to say today? And, you know, something, you know, struck me. I, I saw behind the bulletin, where do you, where do you fit in? Yes. And just as I saw it, the Spirit of God just dawned in my heart that this is the word he wants me to share with the church. Yes. So this message is actually carved from where do you fit in? I actually know that, um, you know, when you look at the picture carefully, you, you see a mold and you see individuals fitted in the mold, okay? And you can see one is struggling. He's feeling uncomfortable in the mold. And another person is, you know, free and, you know, enjoying in that mold. And I believe that this is just to send a message of encouragement to people that 
Holy Life Tabernacle is open to everyone. Yes. It is a place you fit in. It's yes. a place where you are not judged. Yes. A place you be fed the word of God. Yes. And, and, and a church alive is worth the drive. The drive. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and apart from that, one other, one other thing the Spirit of God dropped in my heart is that where do you fit in can also mean what role can you play? What ministry, can you, what, what ministry can you offer the body of Christ? What department can you function best, considering the giftings and the graces God has given to you? Yeah. And, and this actually falls in line with Pastor Randin's you know, messages over these few days. And I believe that God wants to bless us tonight. Yeah. And when you look at the scripture carefully, the Bible says that his master needs him. Or the master needs him. And the, the emphasis is on the word need. You know, there's a difference between need and want. And if, if we say want, it means that you have a desire or you wish for something. But if it is need, it means that you require something because it's essential and very important to you. So this past spring, I, I had the opportunity to be selected for junior um, achievement volunteering. And I, I had to teach um, second grade students via Zoom, and it was very interesting, you know, I'm very good with elderly kids, not with, yeah. you know, children, but I, it was a very great opportunity yeah. to teach them, so I had to teach them for a period of four weeks, wow. and the first, the first, for the first week, the topics we, we treated was want and need, yeah. so we wanted to teach the kids the difference between a want and then a need, and I, I asked them, so what do you guys want, and then they started, one said, I want a bicycle, one said, I want a skating board. The other said, I want a video game. You know, they were mentioning so many things. And then I just flipped the question and I asked, what do you need? Yeah. And then one said, I need shelter. Yeah. The other said, I need food. The other said, I need clothing. Yeah. You know, and, and I need water. Yeah. And they were able to distinguish between a want and a need. Oh, that's good. A want is what you wish for. You don't necessarily need it. It's not crucial for your survival. But a need is something that is very essential to you. Without it, you cannot live. And, and that, is, that is how we are to the king of kings. That is how we are to the master. That is how we are to God. He needs us. Hallelujah. He needs you and I because we are important to him. And, and when you look at the story critically, you realize that um, the culmination of Jesus' ministry was at hand. You know, three and a half years, he had shared the word. And the main reason for which he came to this earth was to die, to be crucified, so that he can save mankind. And the time was up, and the Bible said that he was at Bedfage. And he had to go to Jerusalem to execute this task. And he requested for something from the disciples. And he said that he needed a vessel for his triumphal entry in Jerusalem. So he told them to go across, you know, to the village close to Bedfage. And he specifically told them that they will find a coat, you know, tied outside. They should go and get the coat, untie the coat, and bring the coat to him. Mm-hmm. And I see something very, you know, interesting here. You know, if you look at how Jesus actually ordered the disciples, it was he knew, he knew where the coat was. Right. He knew the village the coat was in. Yeah. He knew the, the location the coat was tied to. You understand? So it means that God actually knows you and I. Hallelujah. Yeah. He knows you and I. He knew the location. He knew the spot it was tied. He actually knew the background, the story of this coat. Yeah. 
Because he said that it has not been written by any man. And that is how God knows you and I. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 and 5, Bible says something. He said that the word of God came to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed you in, your, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So God knows us. You know, he knows us more than we even know ourselves. And before we were formed in our mother's womb, he, he, he knew us. You know, somewhere in the book of Psalms, Bible says that um, children are gifts from God. Okay? So it, it means that anytime somebody gives a gift to someone, he knows the one he's giving the gift to. So it means you and I are, are gifts to our parents. And God gave us to our parents. So he, know, he knows us. He knows our parents. He knows our parents' parents. He knows generations we do not know. So God entirely knows us. He knows your story. He knows your background. He knows your weakness. He knows your strength. He knows the circumstance you find yourself in. He knows your fears. And that that God actually knew this quote. In the book of John chapter 1 verse 43. You know, God talks about, Bible talks about a man called Nathaniel. When Jesus Christ started his mission and he, he, he called the disciples, you know, he called a man called Philip. And, you know, he calls this person, and this person calls the other brother, and then this person calls the other brother, and they all join. And he called Philip. Now, Philip had a friend called Nathaniel. Yeah. And when you read the scripture, he said that the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So Jesus did not physically see him under the fig tree. But because he is God, he knows everything. So even before he called Philip, he knew Philip. He knew where he was coming from. So tonight God knows you. He knows your circumstances. He knows everything you are, you are going through. And, and irrespective of everything about us, sometimes the story may be very disgraceful. Sometimes the story may not be good. He still loved us anyway. And he extended his grace, which is his gift of salvation to you and I. And what he has done is that he has called us into the body of Christ so that we can serve a purpose. And the purpose is to minister and serve the saints. Hallelujah. So, so, So Jesus needed the cold for a particular task. In the same way as children of God who have been found by Christ and who have been saved and brought into the household of God, we have been brought in to fulfill a ministry. The master needs us for a particular purpose. In, in the book of Romans chapter 12, you know, Bible, Bible says that, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you know, by virtue of the, 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 the mercies of God, you know, the unwarranted grace of God that we have received, the fact that he knew our past, the fact that he knew we did not merit it, yet he showed us mercy and called us in. By virtue of these mercies, He's saying that he's admonishing that they present their bodies as living sacrifices. Yeah. It, is, it, it means a lot. It's not just about holiness. It's also about the fact that yeah. you are serving the master. Yeah. You, are, you are using your body. You are using what he has given you. He has, the abilities he has given you.
to serve the, the bidding of the master. And, and when you read down to the verse 6, the verse 6, he said that having then gifts different, different according to the grace that is given to us, let, let us use them. You know, if prophecy, let us prophesy in the proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exalts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Hallelujah. So, so just as the cult was called by God or was called by Jesus to fulfill the ministry of conveying him or taking him to Jerusalem, in the same way we have been called for a purpose. We have been called for a purpose. And, and the master needs us to fulfill a ministry. And most of the time, we sometimes look down upon ourselves. Sometimes we think um, ministry in the house of God or doing the work of God is, is cut in stone for some particular group of people. Sometimes we believe that we do not, you know, we do not matter enough. Yeah. We cannot be used by God enough. We, we cannot be used in ministry, we cannot be used to help, you know, the body of Christ. So, you should understand that before he called you, he had already, he already had a plan for you. He knew you before he called you, and he knew what he can use you for. Yeah. And, and this makes me ask a very big question. Uh, amongst all the animals in this world, you know, of all the animals... Why would Jesus choose a coat for this, you know, um, wonderful task? You know, in the, in, the, in the life of Christianity, Jesus' you know, going to Jerusalem to die on the cross for us is, is the most crucial event in our lives. And I, I'm just asking myself that there are so many flamboyant animals. There are so many, you know, more gifted animals. There are so many, you know, special animals that Jesus Christ could have used for this wonderful, you know, task. But he chose a coat. He chose a coat. And, and, and I was asking myself for, 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 for a king of kings, for a lord of lords, I was looking out for an animal like a horse. Because horses are associated to royalty. And, and, and a coat is actually a baby of a donkey. So you realize that it was not really fit for the task. Per the mindset of man, it was not fit for that task. When you read the word of God in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 7, we see something about horses. You know, Bible says that I've seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. It tells you about horses. They are assigned to royals. You know, it's, it's, it's a royalty as compared to a coat. And in the past, you know, kings rode on horses. They used chariots. And so Jesus being the king of Jews and also the king of kings, we're expecting that he would use a horse, yeah. which is more fitting for a king. Yeah, yeah. But Bible says that he chose a coat. Yeah. And it, is, it, it beats my mind. It, it really beats my mind. You know, comparatively, horses are more gifted with speed and power as compared to a donkey or a coat. Yeah. You know, Proverbs 21 says that horses are prepared for war, you know, yeah. but victory comes from the Lord. Yeah. You know, when you read other versions, it says that even though horses are prepared for war, it takes God to bring the victory. Yeah. It is not negating the power and the speed of a horse. Yeah. It is actually endorsing the fact that horses are gifted, horses are powerful. Yeah. Because in the olden days, not all nations had horses. Right. You know, in the military, we have the cavalry, and then we have the, the foot soldiers, the footmen, those who walk on foot. Yeah. So if your nation is so much blessed to have horses right. and chariots, 
automatically you win a war. You will definitely overpower a nation whose soldiers walk on foot. So power had actually been designated to horses in the past. So for, for, for Jesus to execute such a wonderful mission, we needed a very powerful animal. An animal that is more gifted and that is full of so much power, like the horse. You know, and when you read somewhere in the book of First Kings chapter 18, Bible talks about the fact that as, as, um, the, the prophet Elijah told King Ahab that it's going to rain, yeah. so he should go into the city. And Bible said that he mounted his horses and chariots. But Bible says that when Elijah waited on the Lord, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he was able to outrun yeah. the horses and chariots of Ahab. It was actually a comparison Bible was trying to make, comparing the physical to the spiritual. Yeah. God was actually to, uh, trying to endorse the fact that horses and chariots are powerful. Right? But it cannot, you know, beat the power of God. So that is what a horse was. Comparatively, a horse is much more gifted and more powerful. And sometimes when you want to measure the power of an engine, we say horsepower. So so if Jesus, you know, is going to execute this task, he he, he definitely needs a more gifted animal like the horse. Uh But he used a coat. And this tells me something. Hallelujah. And, and, and one thing about horses is that they are also very reliable. Because the Bible says that in the book of Psalms 20 verse 7, the Bible says that some people put their trust in chariots, others put their trust in horses. But we are going to trust in the Lord, in the name of our God. So it means that God, Jesus actually needed a reliable animal, a powerful animal, a pacey animal. But he ignored all these attributes of the horse and he went for a coat. A, a colt, which is a baby of a donkey, is not flamboyant. It is, it is very slow. And it is not as fast as the horse. And, and normally its role is for carrying loads. So another name given to the donkey or the colt is a beast of burden. It is not really regarded. And people who owned donkeys were not high class people. They were, you know, the low class people. It was very cheap. And everyone could have afforded it. But to have a horse, it means that you are somebody of high repute and you are a powerful person. But Jesus is much powerful than anybody on this earth. But he did not choose a horse. He chose a coat. And and normally in the past, donkeys were used for for children's right and not for kings. But Jesus actually chose it. I'm trying to give, give, give a point here. So for the king of kings to use a coat is very surprising. And Theologians were trying to, you know, I've been reading books and I, 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 I realized that theologians were trying to give a meaning as to why Jesus didn't choose a horse, which is more associated with royalty, but rather chose a coat or let's say a donkey. And, and from what I read, they said that in the past, the donkey stood for, you know, peace. So when, when people or nations wanted to enact a peace treaty, you know, they used donkeys, you know. And, and rather horses were more symbolic for, for wars. So Jesus Christ is the prince of peace. So that was why he actually sat on a donkey to show that he was going in peace. So that is what theologians try to, you know, describe, you know, use to describe what Jesus did. But, but personally, you know, what the Spirit of God tells me is that Jesus was trying to actually give us a lesson. A lesson about how valuable everyone is to him. Everyone he calls into the fold, how he can use each and every one to achieve a particular task. So, so he needs you for a purpose. Hallelujah. He has something in you. Amen. Now, you are anointed and gifted. And, and, and 
And as, as much as the, the, the cult was disregarded, Jesus saw something in it. And Jesus used it for his bidding. So tonight there is no excuses for you and I. He has called us and he has gifted us. No matter what people see about us, the king of kings knows that he has deposited something in us. And he needs us to fulfill a purpose in his kingdom. Hallelujah. So I just want you to ask yourself, God, what, what have you deposited in me? What do you need me for in the house of God? What do you want me to do in the, in, in, in the body of Christ? Yeah. And, and, and when you come to the church, there are so many ministries, there are so many departments which you can fit in. Yeah. You use your abilities, you use your giftings yeah. to, to push the, you know, the work of God. Yeah. We have the ushering ministry, the worship and praise ministry, yeah. IT, you know, you know, teaching ministry, prayer ministry. I believe people come to pray even before we come to church. Yeah. These are all things people are doing. Yeah. So you ask yourself, what does the master need me for? And that is what we are talking about tonight. And if you are not sure, you pray to God and tell him that, God, I know you have called me for a purpose. Amen. My prayer is that, teach me, help me, let me know what yes. you want me to do. Yes. What do you need me for in the kingdom of God? Mm. And we have no excuses. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says that we are God's workmanship. You know, and he has created us you know, in Christ Jesus for good works. Something he had ordained far before time. So it means that when you were wandering off in your sin, when you were wandering off and when you did not even, you were not considered and, and, and you did not merit it, he knew that he had a purpose for you. And once he has brought you into the fold, he wants you to do that good work. Hallelujah. And, and in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, he talks about the fact that everybody who has been called has been given a particular grace. So tonight you ask yourself, what grace has God given me? And what can I use it for his glory? You know, and sometimes we, we have so many excuses. We say we are too young. Sometimes people say, I'm too young. There is more time, you know. And Bible says, I remember your creator in the days of your youth. And, and even if I refer this to the scripture we just read, you realize that Jesus did not use an old animal. He actually used, used a coat. Yeah. And a coat is young. It's a, it's, a young. it's a young animal. So we have no excuse. And I, I like it so much. In, in Tabernacle, the opportunities people are giving you know, you know, college kids and younger kids, all ministering. Yeah. Sometimes you come to church and you wouldn't see Roger and his colleagues around. You see kids standing there, you know, opening the door for you, embracing you and saying hello. Yeah. It is all part of the ministry. Yeah. They are doing the work of the Lord. Yeah. You know, sometimes we come and then they perform some drama, you know, to, to relay the word of God to us. Sometimes they sing, you know, and, and sometimes you see a young kid controlling the computer over there. This is the work of God. That is what the master needs them for. You know, when you read scriptures, you realize that most of, uh, most of the great miracles of Jesus Christ were actually, you know, spearheaded by kids. Yeah. In, in the book of John chapter 8 verse 9, yeah. you know, we see something happen. Then those who heard it, then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one. Okay, so this actually talks about Jesus Christ as when he, he, he preached the word of God and he wanted to feed 5,000 people. Bible said that they were hungry and, and there was no food. And the disciples wanted to drive them away. But Bible says that, that he asked them, feed them. And they said, we have no food. And someone said that there is a boy who has two fishes and five loaves of bread. And Bible said that Jesus Christ used what this child had to feed the multitude. So it doesn't matter your age, you are needed by the master. Amen. He can use you for a greater task. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And, and, and there is a story I heard way back in Ghana about a child whose father was a pastor. They, they normally had, you know, uh, morning devotions. They studied the word of God and they prayed every morning before they stepped out. And, and, and they always prayed this prayer. There was this beggar who lived by their house, always begging for money. And then the, the father of the child, who is a pastor, will, will bring a prayer topic and say that, let's pray for this beggar, that God will bless the beggar. So it, it kept on, you know, every time they are doing intercessions, they pray for this beggar. And one time, the, the father, who is a pastor, raised this prayer point. And then his child, who is a, a Sunday school kid, actually interjected the father and said that, no, Father, I think this prayer, God will not hear this prayer. And he said, why do you say that? He said that the solution to this prayer is in your pocket. Yes. Because he knew his father was rich, his father had money, and he could just minister to this, this beggar. And the life of this beggar would be changed. And you know, it hadn't dawned on the man, even though he was a pastor. But actually God used the ministry of this kid, you know. And, and after, you know, the child told the father this, this thing, he went and gave the man money, helped the man, and preached the word of God to the man. Yeah. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior and became part of the church. Yeah. You see, God is using a younger person, yeah. you know. He needs this child for a purpose. Amen. So it doesn't matter your age, God can use you. Amen. And sometimes people say we are too old. You are never too old to do the work of God. Amen. You know, it, Matthew gives a different version of this story. In the book of Matthew chapter 21 verse 3. When you read Matthew chapter 21 verse 3, he said that when, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you find a donkey and a colt with her. Lose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send, he will send them. This is actually quite different from what we read. In the first version, it was just a coat. In this version, it's a donkey and a coat. So whether you are old or whether you are young, you are needed by the master. Hallelujah. So whether you are old or you are young, you are needed by the master. In the book of Luke chapter 2, we see a woman called Anna. You know, Bible says that she, she, she was a very good woman. Um, she was a widow. After marrying for, I think, seven years, the husband died, and she has been a widow, and she was like 84 years. Yeah. And Bible says that all that she was doing was that she was at the temple, and she was praying and fasting. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, an 84-year-old, you know, woman, in this present age, yeah. I don't think you can be fasting. <laughs> yeah, but that was her ministry for the church. She was interceding for the church, yeah. praying in the temple, even though she was old. You know, Caleb at the age of 85 said that he can possess the lands for the Lord. So, so let's not have any excuses because we have been anointed like Pastor Ranim preached on Sunday. We have been gifted and the master has brought us in because we can fulfill a need in his house. You know, it's so amazing to see people in tabernacle, the elderly playing keyboard, you know, in, in the ushering ministry. You come in the morning, you see Roger and his colleagues, you know, ministering unto the Lord. And it's so awesome. The kitchen ministry, you know, grace also blesses us so much with food. You don't know how much it means to us. You know, it's, it's sometimes when, when, when we hear that, you know, it's not, food is not our motivation for coming to the house of God. But, but just make an analysis. Anytime Mama Jeannie posts on Facebook that there is going to be food provided, you realize that our numbers increase. You know, one way or the other, you are bringing other people in 
who will be ministered to and their life will be influenced for Christ. So the kitchen ministry is also as much as important as the preaching ministry. So it doesn't matter where you fit in. All that God needs is that you are doing his bidding. And you are promoting the kingdom of God. And I believe that when we, when we avail ourselves to God, like this quote, he will use us for his glory. And he will bless us. Because this quote, you know, was isolated somewhere. Nobody knew who, who this quote was. But eventually when it availed itself for the master and Jesus wrote on it, Bible says that people put their clothes on the ground and their coat was walking on it. You know, people were waving, you know, and hailing Jesus. You know, as they hailed Jesus, they were also hailing their coat. So in the same way, if we avail ourselves to Jesus Christ and he uses us, you know, we are blessed in so many ways. We are blessed in so many ways. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10, Bible says that God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. So even as you minister to the house of God, you are ministering to saints. Even as you know you are, you are fulfilling your ministry, you know, in the body of Christ, God will not forget this labor of love. You know, the time and the dedication, the prayers you pray for the church, and all that you do for the church. The, the, the singing you sing in the house of God, people come and they are depressed, and as they, they hear your voices, and as you sing to the glory of God, you know, they are revived, and then they begin to have a change of mind for God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, so, God will definitely bless us. Amen. And one thing we should understand is that our works always speak. Yeah. Anything we do for the Lord always speak. Yeah. I'll conclude with Acts chapter 10 verse 4. Mm. Our works always speak. Yeah. You know, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. And this was an account of, of a man called Cornelius. Yeah. You know, he was so much generous and was so much prayerful to the point that all that he was doing became a memorial before God. As you sing and as you praise God and as you minister in the house of God, your works become a memorial to God. And, and as he looks on that, he's able to also meet a need in your life. So sometimes it's not just about the prayers we pray concerning matters in our lives. But sometimes, like we said, God always looks to and fro. He just wants to see his children and bless his children. So tonight, I just want you to understand that no matter who you are, you are gifted. No matter who you are, the mere fact that you have been called into the body of Christ means that God has a purpose for you. And he likens each and every one of us to the members of the body. One is the eye, one is the head, one is the leg, you know, all the parts of their bodies, like, you know, we heard Pastor Randin preach, they have a purpose. You know, the eye can't say that it is better than the mouth. That's right. Because the body needs to feed. Yep. You know, you know the, the mouth can, can also say that it is, it is, it is better than the stomach. Yep. Because if there is food, if put, food is put into the mouth and the stomach is not there to receive it, it's going to drop in vacuum. Yep. So everybody is needed in the house of God. Amen. Whether you are a Sunday school teacher, whether you are an usher, whether you, you are a teacher, whether you are a keyboardist, whether you are a drummer, whether you are a singer, you are ministering unto God. And God needs you. And I believe that even as we avail ourselves to God and he uses us for his purpose, he will bless us and he will reward us. Yeah. So just let's not have any excuses, you know. And one thing I see is that this coat was tied by a rope. And before the, 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 the coat was, was used, it, it had to be untied. Right. So it's my prayer that tonight, even as we share the word of God, Amen. you know, every, every rope of fear, 
every, 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 every rope of inferiority complex, every rope, you know, of sometimes some petty, petty sins of people prevent them from doing the work of God. But I pray that every rope that entangles you, that is not allowing you to avail yourself to be used by the master for his bidding. Tonight, may the Lord cut that rope. Tonight, may the Lord untie that rope. May he give you that liberty to serve the Lord. And just like David, it will be said of you that you serve your God. You serve the purpose of your God in your generation. And a nation shall call you blessed because you have built yourself to God. So ask yourself, what can I do for the Lord? What does the master need me for? And I believe that as you ask this question, God will give you an answer. And as you embark on this, God will bless you. So tonight, the master needs you. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? Thank you, Jesus. We bless you for tonight. You always have great plans for us, O God. Your word to us tonight is that you have called us for a purpose. And you need us to fulfill this purpose. We open up our hearts to you, O Lord. We pray that may you help us to fulfill this purpose. And if there is anyone who is here, if there is anyone who is listening and watching us, who does not know his calling, who does not know the abilities and the giftings you have given to him, it's our prayer that even through tonight, O God, may you reveal it unto them. Grant us the grace to be able to fulfill this purpose. And even as we do it, may you bless us. If there is anyone who has been entangled with fear, if there is anyone who has been entangled with inferiority complex, if there is anyone who has been entangled or ensnared by the enemy with a rope that is not giving them the liberty to serve you, it is our prayer that may it be cut tonight in the name of Jesus. Untie your people, O God, to serve your bidding. In the name of Jesus, have we prayed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.